I'm Blaine Zimmerman from Circle City Vets, and on today's veteran cast, we have the Marine for Life Network. The mission of Veteran Cast is to educate, inform, and improve the lives of veterans in our community. This is a podcast hosted and produced by veterans in order to serve our sisters and brothers. Welcome to another episode of Circle City Vets. Uh, it's been a while since Circle we... City Vets. Oh, I did it. I do that every other episode. Welcome to another episode of Veteran Cast. It has been a while since we've been in the studio. Um, it has been. Today we have Nate and Andrew from Marine for Life Network, and we have a guest fly on the wall, Patrick from Burn Bet. Burn and Bet. Burn and Bet. Dot com. And uh, before we jump into the episode, Doug just took a hiatus to find himself in the wilderness. I, I did. <laughs> Doug took about a week to drive out to Las Vegas for a conference, and you visited just about every historic and non-historic landmark on the way. I did. 5,000 miles. What all did you I get would, to see while you're out Man, there? everything. Uh, probably the two best were Bryce Canyon and Moab. Um, I spent quite a bit of time out there, but... Just unbelievable! All the reservations in uh, in uh, New Mexico, um, just unbelievable trip. For anybody who hasn't made that trip, uh, you know, people talk about like going to the Grand Canyon or whatever. Utah is like one big Grand Canyon. Just drive Utah, and you will see sites that you have never ever imagined in your life. I mean, it's absolutely just fantastic. Yeah, thanks for asking. That was a good trip. I was following along on Instagram. You turned into like a 16-year-old girl taking pictures of everything you saw. And here's the thing. <laughs> I took pictures, and I and I felt bad about how many pictures I was taking, but I, I took hundreds more. Like, I stopped every 10. There was times like I-12 in Utah. I had some lady at a coffee shop say, you know, where are you heading next? I was like, I'm heading to Moab. She said, you're going the wrong way. And I was like... Well, no, I'm following the map. She's like, nope, you got to take I-12. It's like an internal thing. So I drove this I-12 internal, and it felt like at times I was going through Scotland. At times I was, I mean, just the terrain was changing. The trees, aspen trees in one, you know, I mean, it was just unbelievable. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad you had a good time. I do. I left some things in the wild, too, out there. Did you? Yeah. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's not restrooms everywhere. <laughs> okay. Enough said. Uh, another thing I want to plug. So last weekend, two weekends ago, was the National Guard Marathon Championships. And I went to Lincoln, Nebraska and ran as part of the Indiana National Guard team. And we won the national championship. Nice. So just about every um, state brings a team of three to five runners. Um, there were a few that weren't there. Uh, then our, um, you know, our provinces or whatever, you know, Puerto Rico was there, Virgin Islands, stuff like that. And Indiana had been second or third the last five years in a row and finally went over the top. We beat Hawaii by about a minute and a half over the course of three runs. So it was like we were 857, they were 859. So um, That's awesome. It was Congrats. Cumulative yeah. three. Yeah, it was great. We're going to go present the uh, National Championship trophy to the general on Thursday. So happy to be able to do that and bring the national title home to indiana so you're a beast man i was the third runner i was hanging on for dear life Stop. it was <laughs> it was a long hot day so i was weird i was there was actually so the night before you do this big thing where every single state gets up 
and introduces themselves and their runners. And most of the states are just like telling like wacky facts about their state. And I got up because they always make the new guy do it. And I got up and I was like, well, you might know, you know, Indianapolis is known for the Indy 500. So we know a little bit about racing and we're going to take the title home tomorrow. And around mile 22, I started thinking, man, if we lose this because of me, I'm going to look like a real jackass. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, was glad, I was glad that I was able to hold myself together and not pass out early. So, but let's get to the show. So today we have Nate and Andrew from the Marine for Life Network. Guys, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So let's start with, give me some of your, your background, your military background before Marine for Life. What did you guys do? I'm assuming you were in the Marines. Good assumption. Well, still are, still in the Marines. Uh, Marine Reservists. I've been in for a total of like 24 years. And then uh, uh, before the Marine for Life, I was an infantry unit out in Terre Haute, Indiana. And then before that, I was stationed out in Camp Pendleton, California with the 2nd Battalion, 4th Marines. So uh, the Marine for Life, how I got involved with that is uh, just networking, kind of. Uh, they had an opening at the time when I got promoted to Master Sergeant, and it worked out great. It's probably the best job I've had in the Marine Corps so far. So you were at Pendleton for most of your career? You no, just four years. Four years. Okay. Four years with Pendleton, did two, two deployments, and then... Um, with the uh, reserve unit after that. So I kind of transitioned out, probably spent about four months uh, in between uh, active and reserves and then been with that unit. And with the reserves, I deployed uh, with them quite a few times, so. Okay. Nate? Um, I originally enlisted in the reserves uh, straight out of high school in 2002. And shortly into that contract, I earned an ROTC scholarship to Purdue. Um, commissioned in 2006, became an infantry officer, did three years with 3-5 in California, came back here, recruited officers for two years, and then in 2010, excuse me, 2012, I transitioned straight into the reserves as the EXO of the reserve infantry unit here in Indiana, which is where I met Mass Sergeant Jay. Um, he ended up, we were worked there for about 18 months together, he came over to this program, uh, a couple years later, when I finished my company command time uh, with that unit, I came over, and since then, we've been the two Marine for Life reps in the state of Indiana. So what is Marine for Life? What do you guys do? How did you get started? Um, who started it? How, how does the whole program work? It was started in 2002 by um, the Commandant then, uh, um, James, uh, not James Amos, but um, Jones. Jones, General Jones. And he, uh, he wanted to give back to the Marines who got out. So you know that warrior ethos, once a Marine, always a Marine. So they want to take care of these Marines once they're out. And uh, it's all about connecting the Marines and their families to you know, network opportunities such as you know, education, entrepreneurship, uh, resources, community services. So it's, uh, it's a great program. They recognize that there's a cycle of service and there's all the exposure and information you get when you're going in, guidance, mentorship. There's all the mentorship and resources and things available when you're in on your service time. And then there's this period that happens after, which most people have felt, uh, you know, we know mostly from the VA, from a healthcare perspective. And then you've got the veteran service organizations and all these other entities that are doing things for vets. Well, the Marine Corps decided it wanted to try to help mentor and help 
transitioning Marines and Marines that are already out um, meet the goals that they want when they're done with their service. The whole intent is to try to support them in those venues. Um, They basically have representatives, a little over 50 right now around the nation whose job it is to know the local network, who in Indiana is looking to provide services for veterans, um, what schools are there that have veterans programs, um, you know, obviously things like veteran service organi- officers that are local, um, but a lot of our work revolves around employment, trying to meet employers that are looking to hire vets. And uh, when we run into those Marines or know that they're transitioning out, help try to recruit them back to uh, the civilian community. So um, you said there's, well, for one, the name, it seems very fitting because it seems like you guys are the only service branch that they never say, I'm a former Marine. It's a, especially that's a really good way to piss Marine off. <laughs> like, oh, you're a former Marine. Uh, the but so you said there's about 50. Is is every state covered with Marine for Life? No, uh, it's more I think demographics to where uh, I think they look to where they have a lot of transitioning uh, Marines and families going towards. So like uh, Texas, for instance, I think they have one in Dallas, like a rep in Dallas, Houston maybe san antonio and then chicago has a couple reps mm-hmm. uh, indianapolis was one originally just me and then um, we're kind of a flyover state but there's so much going on here so uh, that's where major builder got on board and uh, i think we're, we're trying to make it grow because i we used to have a rep here at one time um, there's a, a huge gap so uh, kind of started from scratch in a sense but um, are your appointments that are reps are they always is it always a, a job of the reserves? Like, is everybody that's a rep a member of the reserves, and that's like their drill time? Or yes, how's that? Okay, yes, yes. Um, it is a very, you know, we have a lot of freedom of movement to determine our own schedules, uh, find, you know, because every state and every region is going to have a different makeup. What what employers make up the biggest, uh, the biggest sector of the civilian side there. You know, you're going to have much different feel on a coastal city than you will in the Midwest, like Indiana. So uh, our effort is to constantly be seeking opportunities to meet, you know, large companies that are looking to hire, uh, groups like yourself that are already plugged into the local communities. You're interacting with a lot of vets. You have a massive online presence. Um, The other side of the Marine for Life Network is our online presence on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Um, all designed to help this transition, especially for Marines that are just coming out, but also the ones that find themselves finishing school in Indiana, or they made it back and the original plan that they had maybe didn't work out mm-hmm. as well as they expected. Um, that's the void we're trying to fill. Are your guys' services um, Marine only, or do you take all vets that, that will come through? Well, we it's for Marines, families, and FMF corpsmen, but in saying uh, fleet marine force so corpsmen who were assigned to marine units like or even chaplains Got that it. were assigned to marine units but that said uh any because I've, I've talked to a lot of soldiers airmen it's like hey i'm looking for this and i found connections for them we will never say no to a veteran ever because everyone has served honorably i mean our main focus is marines and marine veterans and their families and reservists as well but that said again any other branch that just comes up to us on the street or something like that and says, hey, I need 
I need some assistance with something, I'll say, hey, I'll help you out. So I'll never say no to them. So, awesome. which is, because that's, that's what we're here for. We're here to help each other out. So I was going to say, you know, since I've been out and yeah. it, most veterans will still die for each other. Exactly. You know, even outside in the civilian world. So, but you kept talking, you know, we, we help transitioning Marines and things like that. So, you know, can I come to your office and say, hey, you know, I'd like to network, learn a little bit more, you know, who can I reach out with this issue? Exactly. That's what we are. We're network traffic cops. So we, um, like, I just had a meeting probably uh, maybe a month or maybe two months ago with the uh, Soldier for Life program. Mm -hmm. They came out to Indy and were like, hey, how can we mutually support each other? <clears throat> Their dynamics are a little different than us. They don't have reserve reps, but they, um, they, they want to help us as much as we want to help them because it's all about the veteran. I think it probably helps a lot that each, uh, I haven't seen a Navy one out there or anything, but it probably helps quite a bit just because, you know, like in the Navy there's ratings, but in the Marine Corps it's MOS, you know, and everybody has their own dialogue for mm -hmm. qualifications and yeah. certifications. So it seems like if, you know, if I'm coming out of the Navy and I went to a, you know, someone that was Army you know, <laughs> we'd be talking two different languages. We would be talking about winning the football game. And uh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, here we go. <laughs> it's too early. It's too early. Um, they've actually worked us into the Marines transition program. So when a Marine nice. is getting out of active duty, they're told about Marine for life. Now, That's it's voluntary. Awesome. Yeah. But if they go in and put their information, where am I planning to relocate to, we will get contacted this Marine's going to transition. These Fantastic. might be things he's interested in, and we get an opportunity to reach out to him. Um, I've kind of evolved to describing it as we are trying to recruit them back yeah. to mm -hmm. the civilian side. Mm -hmm. uh, many times in that transition, they're, you know, they're still working, they're thinking about the end of their service, and they're hundreds of miles away from home. We get to be that local connection they get exposure to USA Jobs and all the large government advertisers when they're in California or on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. um, but when they say they're coming back to Indiana, we get to be a connection that say, I know someone in your hometown that works for this company and they want to provide training and give you a job. Are you interested in that? And we get to help facilitate that transition for them. As a, as a member, as members of the reserves, um, do you have to have any sort of recruitment involvement there? Is the, are the Marine Reserves kind of pressing on you to be like, hey, if they're coming here anyway, try to talk them into joining the Reserves as well? That's a, that's a fantastic question. Um, there isn't okay. at all. And I, I've often felt that sometimes <laughs> when they hear us come up, and this is why we prefer to use our first names, um, they're a little skeptical, maybe yeah. thinking this is some backdoor plan to try to fish them into the reserves. Now, what's good is both of us have served in the reserves, and we can actually speak to how it'll help you transition. Um, oftentimes, vets will get out thinking they want to be done, and then all of a sudden they get nostalgic, realizing, man, that really was a great time. The reserves can be a great bridge for that kind of thing. Um, by using reservists that have been around, uh, we get an opportunity to really talk about both, but it's absolutely not something that we're pushing. Okay. Because reserve units are a great network, too. Um, it's just guys who are police officers, firemen, mm -hmm. managers somewhere. I mean, you, you name it. And, you know, sometimes I'll suggest, you know, when they can't, I talk to a, a transitioning Marines, like they haven't figured it out and they've been out for a little bit. It's like, hey, have you thought about reserves? It kind of pays for TRICARE. It kind of pays for this. 
um, at least join the reserves long enough to figure out what you need to do and get your life together and, you know, and get that opportunity you want in life. So, well, and I think that it, it is good to point out, like, if you don't have that underlying motive, then to your point, they don't ever think like, man, are they just doing this so they can talk me into joining the reserves <laughs> so they hit their quota or yeah, whatever the case may be. Absolutely. No quotas. I, I know that, that that's some of the organizations we've talked to, we've ran into that problem. Um, and it's helpful to l- remove that barrier. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say that. Without, yeah, great mm-hmm. question. Yeah. Great question. I'll tell you, that's awesome because when I was getting out, the only thing that was available to me was trucking companies coming after me. Hey, you'd be a good fit, da, da, da. I'm like, okay, what's your home time? Well, two days. Two days a week? No, a month. That's what you got out. Yeah, no, exactly. But that was really, the, you know, they were, their recruiters were seeking people that were exiting the military, and that was it. That was all that was afforded to me, and I, was, I got out in Fort Carson. You know, I had no clue what I was going to do afterwards. Did you come straight back to Indiana? No, I went to Georgia. To drive? No, um, I didn't know what I was going to do, but my uh-huh. my ex-wife was from there, and her dad said we could, you know, hang up our boots there for a little bit. So that, I, The comment you made right there is exactly what we're trying to help avoid. I didn't know what I was going to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're used to, you get paycheck two times a month, you've got your housing and food paid for, what you're wearing, how you need to act, all of that stuff is very prescribed, so you can go do the complicated business of being in the military. When these young service members, especially young service members, get back here, um, sometimes it's overwhelming because now their entire fate almost is in their their hands. Uh, We're trying to help mentor them back Ideally, we get them before we get in touch with them before they EAS yeah. and their active service. Um, but sometimes when we don't, it's coaching them on here's the people and jobs available, here are the VA resources, here's the education opportunities to get them, stop them from stalling when they get out. That's awesome. Yeah, that that's was, very awesome. I, I didn't even have any VA resources. Oh, well, same here. I was, it was the shipyard, it's called. Yeah. <laughs> right you know as soon as you get out so. I had had to find time to go learn learn all the processes myself and it seems like it seems a really good uh, you know shine uh, by the way if you're hearing sirens in the background we have like the entire fire department in front of our building right now I have no idea why <laughs> hopefully we're good yeah <laughs> the, um, so, so far so good yeah um, but uh you know, it's it's uh, this is awesome hearing because this is you know as we keep talking about the other branches, you know, and then veterans all together is that's what we're trying to create here. So I love that the Marine Corps has kind of adopted and mm-hmm. and and integrated it directly. And I know InVets is doing that from an Army standpoint. Yeah, they're also in the into the bases they can get into. They're also into that um, we call ACAP. Uh, it's a week long program that you have to take as you're getting out, but the whole reason that I got into trying to do Circle City Vets and this podcast was yeah. because I went through a hell of a time when I came back. So right. I didn't know what I wanted to do. We knew we had family here. It was easy to move back to Indianapolis. I sold life insurance for a little while because it was a paycheck and then wanted to get into tech because I realized that's where the jobs are right now. And it seems like that's cool because tech people have beer and stuff. So I'm just go, I'll go do that. Right? <laughs> But I I wanted, like, one of my goals was, like, I don't want anybody else to have to have this transition. How can we go find? And then the more that we do this, especially, 
And the more that Circle City Vets gets out and talks to people, the more I realize like there were so many people out there. I wish I just had a way to figure out how to get a hold of them. Yeah. Um, so how do you guys do that? How do you guys get your name out there? What program? Well, let me ask a two-sided question. How do you guys market yourself so people know where they can find you? Say they got out a few years ago and didn't know about it when they went through their um, transitioning class. And then what programs do you guys have in place when somebody comes up, you know, outside of just saying, oh, I know Jeff over at um, Salesforce. Uh, what, what kind of things do you do to set them up for success? I, I go out and like, I go to like all these veteran organizations. Like when I first took the job for Marine for Life here in Indiana, I, I sat down, looked at myself, made some goals, like what I'd like to have why, for my billet time here. And I was like, okay, I want to start a networking event. I want to start, you know, um, I need to meet with all these organizations and figure out what's going on. So I went and met with like the Legion, the VFWs, the Marine Corps Leagues, the Marine Corps Coordinating Council, and say, hey, I just kind of introduced myself, the MACV, and then just kind of went from there and say, you know, this is the services we provide, this is what we do. Um, and any Marines you have, you know, if they're looking for something, have them come my way. Uh, I even went to uh, Job Ready Vets. Mm -hmm. I took a week off of work and went and went through their seminar. just to see if it's worth it and to sell it, which they're great. Um, we had them on. Yeah, to, yeah, I heard I heard that episode actually. Uh, Tom, uh, yeah, Tom and Mike. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they're great. I see them all the time. I'll probably see them this Friday. So um, they have a really great program and uh, just kind of promoting it. I mean, I've had people contact me and saying, hey, I heard about you by word of mouth that they're not even out of the Marine Corps yet. They haven't even gone to their TRS brief. So I'm like, okay, great, it's, it's working. So um, I'll, asked to share a lot of Marine for Life posts, like the Facebook posts on some of these organizations' uh, uh, Facebook pages. Like, hey, can I share some of this, these, these nuggets that kind of help out for employment? Resumes, LinkedIn, you know, some, things like that. So uh, that's one of the ways. So as you mentioned, we're in the transition curriculum. So a transitioning service member, is, a Marine, is going to get exposed to us. Um, there already was a really informal Marine network, Marines taking care of each other, and you, you see it in all the services, sure. really. Mm -hmm. um, we've met key players in each of our area. You now, um, there is the uh, Workforce One mm -hmm. contacts and um, yep. Work One development offices. We've got contacts there, and they'll just share information about people they've met, Marines they've spoken to, um, and then the nation, the Marine for Life Network also maintains a database where we are putting in resources that we reach um, that are providing services and we provide some general classification. So if we know a Marine's coming back here or I know they're going to Michigan or another state, uh, we can kind of use that database to help maybe find some resources to give them an initial link up to, uh, but then refer them to the representative that's covering that area. So have you found that there's any industries that you guys kind of have found a good niche in or a really good foothold in here in Indiana or in Indianapolis? Manufacturing. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's, a, it's blowing up right now. That I think that's the primary mission for InVets, mm -hmm. is it not? Yeah, yeah. InVets is uh, yeah. very focused yes. on manufacturing. Um, it's kind of a mixed bag. Yeah, so. it's that, that's probably the largest industry that's hiring like mad right now. So as we get an opportunity to talk to a new veteran, um, asking what they're interested in. If they're not, or they don't have anything in specifically, we may be recommending. Here's a company mm -hmm. looking to hire full time with benefits. This is the amount of pay that we know of. 
you know, is this something you're interested in? The, uh, the other industry that I didn't know if you're, because our growing industry now is tech, and Doug can speak much more to this because you have the numbers more than I yeah. do. What's that, how many, what are, what's well, there's about 4,000 open jobs in technology right now in central Indiana. So there's a, there's a big void of, and, and the, the problem with the tech community is that they don't, they don't realize that veterans come out with um, tech certifications, you know, like um, Adams, Adams hosted, he hosted with you last, last week, mm -hmm. Adams Marine, uh, and he, you know, he's built his entire real estate marketing platform and everything else. Um, he was building, I think, airfields <laughs> oh. know, when he was in the Marine Corps. So, you know, troubleshooting electronics and everything is what, what really, you know, uh, launched his tech career. And so what we're trying to do is kind of expose the tech side of the business that, hey, you know, these guys are coming out with, you know, tech experience. Um, and, and they'd be perfect for these jobs just because of the discipline and attention to detail and all of those great things that the military teaches you. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll take your list of 4,000 jobs when they walk out. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> well, and what's one of the things that I know Doug's really focused on right now, too, is the educational side on that side, right? Yeah. So, you know, manufacturing companies, they know what they're getting when they get a vet because that's that's been historically where vets go, right? You come out, you go, you find a really good, you're in a factory or you're a, a skilled services somewhere, and those types of jobs, they're used to getting vets. Uh, they, they know what they're getting. When we're looking at the tech side and we look at Salesforce, like they have vet force, they're starting to catch on, they're doing a really good job, but like we really need to educate the employer on like this is why hiring a vet is a great idea. And I think that once that, that education starts going, and, and I think that Salesforce being the flagship of that, when other companies in NDC Salesforce do something, they're probably gonna start saying, well, we yeah. should probably do that too. Yeah, and I so. think both sides meeting in the middle, right? I mean, yeah. with you guys helping vets transcribe, you know, their their certifications and qualifications. You know, uh, I saw on uh, when I was reading through the site, you guys do a ton with LinkedIn to help people really brush up their profiles and yes. and, uh, and get on there. I think those are the those are the key things that grab that attention. And then if we can open the the community's eyes to, hey, these are guys that you should be recruiting. You know, then it then it really opens the pathways for these guys. But it's it's like speaking different languages, right? You know, and you, yeah, yeah. we just got to get them to speak the same language. That that's a good point. Um, what part of the mentoring side when we're talking to? Let's say we got a Marine infantryman coming out. Mm -hmm. There aren't a yeah. whole lot of technical, direct technical translations from that work experience to anything in Indiana. Right. Um, Part of what we need to do, what we're helping mentor them with is the employers recognize the soft skills that you're coming out with. You know how to work under pressure yep. in large teams where you have people you're responsible for, peers you're working with, and those you're working for. Those experiences are very difficult to teach, but you're also coming to that employer in many cases without direct technical skill. Yep. So you need to think about that when you're having a salary in mind or having a, an hourly wage in mind. And if you think about, you might need that employer to help train you mm -hmm. on something you don't have experience with, but they are already recognizing by having that veteran yeah. training program that we want those soft skills. We recognize the technical side needs to get brushed up before we can get you up and running. Well, and, for, and for veterans, it's given them that confidence that, yes. look, 
What, you, what you've done in the military, civilian life is a piece of cake compared to that. You yeah, know? absolutely. And so yeah. throw anything at us and we'll figure it out. Yes. Yeah. Technical technical concepts in yeah. the service, not directly applicable, but they're still technical. Absolutely. Yeah. You'll learn. That, and that confidence as well as some education around like, hey, you are coming out and you are starting over a little bit. So like the expectation needs to be like you're not going to step into an executive position somewhere absolutely like you have great experience you have great leadership experience but you kind of got to be a private again for a little while um and and build your way up and you know how to do that if you're an e6 coming out of an infantry unit in the marines you knew you know how what it's like to make it from private to e6 and you can do that in the civilian world but you have to understand that just like when you were private you don't quite know all of the technical side of everything. realistic yet. expectations exactly That's yeah because i think that it is something that you know we we always want to talk great about all veterans, but it is one thing that we come out of the service thinking like, we have done a lot of really awesome stuff. I don't feel like I should start over completely. And resetting those expectations, I think is pretty important. Absolutely. Um, Didn't Congress um, pass a law to where your, your certifications while you was in the military are now transferable to the civilian sector? So you don't have to get recertified and and a job that you just got done doing for the last three years, four years, whatnot. I think it depends it's, on the role. Yeah, I, think I forget exactly I what think it it's is. A but. Role like I was an electrician when I was when I was in, and for a while there, they they passed that you could get so many hours towards your yeah. master and journeyman based on your experience in the military, and 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 so some of it, yeah. The most recent one that you may be talking about that was in the news recently was around nursing. So a lot of the um, medical fields in the military, they just did something, and I don't know exactly what it is, they just did something where they're way further along. Like if, if you were an Army medic and you got out of the Army, you're not starting as a freshman at nursing school. You might start as like a junior yeah. because of all these courses. They're actually they're putting you, because a lot of these people, they're coming out of the Army as an Army medic. They've been in combat. They've been in for six years, yeah. and all of a sudden they're in biology 101 with a kid right out of high school and they're like why am i doing this <laughs> yes. i know all of this stuff <laughs> yeah. so yeah they there it does depend on the role but they have done things uh recently with d different um uh job skills that say yeah no you already have this i know that there are even certain things that as you go through different courses in the military they count as college courses so you can come out basically with an associate's degree in general studies um we so, uh we talked a lot about the uh uh, obviously, the Marines um, should know where to find you. If they don't, marinesforlife.org. Um, yes. And then LinkedIn, like I said, you guys have a huge presence on there with each region, which is really smart. Um, and then um, for employers, uh, there's employers here locally. I think this guy Jim Brown, sales tuners, that was a Marine, is a Marine, sorry, and Adam. Uh, you know, where, where do these guys go, you know, to connect with you? you know, for recruitment for their companies? Uh, if they go to the site, I believe there's a link at the bottom that says, am I seeking employment or am I employed? Okay, perfect. And if they are, um, they'll get invited to share nationally uh, on those social media pages um, and become one of those entities that's in that network, that constant Rolodex we have of what is this veteran looking for? Uh, who's Who do we have vision on or vi visibility on now? Yeah. That, is in that area or wants to provide that kind of experience for a veteran and then we try to connect them. Awesome, so yeah, uh, to go back to what you said, there's uh, two buttons, I'm a Marine or family member, because uh, you guys deal with spouses as yes. well. Yes. Uh, and then I'm a military friendly resource, so. 
Um, By the way, interesting fact. I was looking at the stats on the page. A lot of Marines marry Marines. <laughs> What's up with that? <laughs> oh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't President Clinton allow that? Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, so as we wrap up, I have two questions I want to wrap up with. One, um, is there anything coming up that you guys wanted to plug, the, like any events or anything that uh, you wanted to get out, or anything in general that we missed that you wanted to bring up? Um, <clears throat> maintaining a president or maintaining visibility on our social network uh, platforms. Um, national headquarters is regularly holding online webinars um, and different tutorials to help give veterans exposure to general resources that will help them achieve their goals. Primarily work, but also things on school and healthcare from time to time. Um, so just maintaining a general sense of, you know, liking the page, following the groups on LinkedIn will give you exposure to that kind of thing. Okay, and we'll put um, in our show notes when this comes out, um, we'll put all those links on there to LinkedIn, Facebook, your website. Um, nice. We'll put your guys' headshots on there. It's gonna be, you'll get all sorts of exposure <laughs> to the tens of followers <laughs> we have. The, um, so in the course of, how many years have you each been doing this? This Remind is my me. fourth year. Fourth year. And I'm in my second. So six years combined. What do you each have like one thing, one story that's always stuck with you that Marine that happened through Marine for Life that's kind of like the reason like on when the days that are slow or not don't seem like you're getting much out of it that you kind of remember that really keep you going? I've Well, I've had, um, I had a Marine who got out. He was a cybersecurity background. He was going up in northern Indiana, and he was getting ready to take a job with um, – I think Dollar General as a manager, he was that desperate. I'm like, you have the skills. And he, he did his homework. He did everything he was supposed to do. It's just, it's one thing we tell a lot of our transitioning Marines, like you have to have patience mm -hmm. uh, big time. So I got him connected with um, someone in the IT field in the South Bend area. And, and they connected, they talked to each other. And he said, hey, he offered me a job of like 45K a year. I'm like, that's excellent, that's great. He goes, I didn't take it. I was like, are you serious? He goes, another company called me and offered me a job for 85K a year. Wow. So I, I, I felt like I got the job myself. I really did. Because <laughs> I was like, wow, I was so excited. I was like, I can't, you know, doing the, the air fist pumps. and. <laughs> That's awesome. But, I mean, he was like, hey, I mean, he did all the work himself. So, I mean, he was like, thanks for being my sounding board. So we were just, you know, we're here to help him and try to find resources and make connections. We did make some connections with him and then everything else he did himself. So uh, I think that's, that's probably my best story, but there's a couple others, but yeah. Um, in the spring of 2017, I had a young Marine get in touch with me through a transition class coming from California. He knew he wanted to be a union pipe fitter in Indiana, Northern Indiana. He was that specific. Um, his plan at the time that I talked to him was to EAS uh, with his wife, no kids, and then start that process closer to his EAS when he got here. Well, we were able, um, I had been introduced to a veterans in piping program mm -hmm. uh, where the pipe fitters are trying to train veterans in their field. We were able to extend him on active duty for six months, get him into a veterans in piping training program while on active duty. That's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. That is. Um, and this was over the course of a year. 
and it was just this last spring, this spring actually, he uh, finally completed his EAS, uh, got to take a road trip with his wife, seeing family down south before coming up right into a union pipe fitting job. Um, and I don't know how far into the apprenticeship they placed him, um, but it was much more than day one. Yeah. And uh, both of these cases that Master and I talked about are best case, and we wish we could provide that for everybody, but they're really clear examples of us trying to help that transition be as smooth as possible because it's already rough enough going from high level mission, defending the free, you know, defending the nation to something other than that. Um, it helps when there's as few hurdles as possible. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's awesome. That is really cool. And that's, it's interesting you say that because that union pipe fitters in Northern Indiana is a pretty big deal. Yeah. Like there are, my wife's parents still live up there and every time I'm up there, there's like two to three commercials per <laughs> TV show for union pipe fitters. Yeah. And, yeah. So, well, Nate, Andrew, thank you so much for coming. Patrick, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Uh, thank you. We will have all the information about how to get in touch with Marine for Life, whether you're a Marine and want to get involved, if you're an employer, want to hire some Marines. Um, everything will be on the show notes, so just click on that description, and there will be all the links right there. Um, coming up, we have Tech Warriors, June 19th. Um, we've got a couple episodes in the pipeline right now that are coming out and then uh we may have a small break or we may have some guest appearances because i will be out for a couple weeks in june so um if i don't if you don't hear from me again until like <laughs> july or until you come see me at tech warriors june 19th that now you know why so thanks for listening everybody uh be on the lookout for these new episodes coming up we will talk to you soon Please visit VeteranCast.com for additional information. Subscribe to our podcast, and we'd also appreciate a review. God bless you, and God bless America.